That's not a MILF girl, that's a GILF. Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight we have our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. New phone who dis? <laughs> oh boy. And tonight you and I are going to be doing something, I, I think it's going to be a good a good discussion because we are going to be reviewing the reviewers. Yes, um, Interspecies Reviewers was perhaps the most talked about anime of 2020 thus far. Uh, it certainly was of the winter season, at least. And um, yeah, we wanted to talk about it. Um, but it is, you know, in the past, we've done things like spoiler casts and reviews. Like, and, and as much as I want this to be a review, and we are going to talk about our opinions of the anime, we also want to talk about what it means more broadly for the anime industry going forward as well because of the, the impact it had with certain facets of the industry while it was airing so um that's we're going to devote like the first half of this to just kind of reviewing the anime and giving our overall opinions of it and then afterwards we're going to talk about what it kind of means more broadly Mm -hmm. so um i think so to get this started um i want to start off with this the interspecies reviewers is is an anime based on a manga Mm -hmm. and before this was even announced as an anime adaptation had you even heard of the manga nope Neither had I, but apparently John had. John John could, couldn't be here tonight, but he has actually read part of the manga. I don't think he's like read the entire thing. I'm not but sure. He's, um, but yeah, before this was even announced um, that it was getting an anime, I had never even heard of the manga. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of a surprise to me. And actually, I, I remember us talking about this somewhat briefly during our winter 2020 um season preview that we did back in the december last year and i don't think any of us really thought much of this show i mean we kind of mentioned that it's a thing that's going to happen and we said it sounds kind of you know crazy and out there and i don't even think any of us were planning on picking it up really were you no i pretty sure i skipped over it in the season preview and i was not planning on picking it up um but before I go into that, I did want to say when we were talking about the manga among ourselves, um, off, uh, you know, microphone, uh, I went and go, I went and checked out the manga and skimmed through it. And I'm like, yeah, this manga, like the visuals were not as great as the anime. And this is the type, the type of anime where the visuals mean a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying I, I, I really do um, for, for the kind of content that it is being you know it's about people visiting fucking brothels um, you'd want it to look good you'd certainly want the art like the, the character designs to look good yeah right? I mean the, the, the art in the manga isn't bad but it isn't like great and I would say the art in the anime was Better than average that you would expect from, uh, you yeah. know, your run of the well, yeah, show. 
like like you, after the fact, after I started watching the show, I did go like I, di- I didn't really read it. I kind of skimmed through the manga because I wanted to get a, a sort of a sense of the art style, like you, and to kind of see what the source material was actually like. One thing about the source material, I think, is that it doesn't really get as graphic in some places as the anime did. I don't know. Do you you think that's fair to say? I didn't really read much. I was just looking at the character designs. But I can... From what I I was doing From what I quickly skimmed, I can believe that. Especially since the anime, you know, has animation, sound, voice acting. You know, it's going to be a lot more graphic in general, usually. Yeah. Um... And and keep that in mind for later because we are going to come back around to that. Oh, pun um, intended. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, I got into this anime because on I was talking to my friends and they were saying how actually yeah I got into this because of the controversy with hmm. um with uh was it Funimation. Originally, yes, it it was Funimation. Yes, yes. So when Funimation was like, "No, we're not gonna have this on our service," that's when I heard of this, and everybody and I was like, "Why are they dropping it?" And then one of my friends was like, "Well, they had fucking lolly porn and Shota porn in it," and I'm like, "Excuse me, I need to (laughs) check this out." Okay, (laughs) what pornographic content is happening? And then. You know, I came for the porn and I stayed for the humor. <laughs> I, I I think though your your experience isn't necessarily unique. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, prior to the controversy, where people were like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe after its first couple episodes, people started paying attention to it. But if, if you go to something like Mal, for example, and you looked at the number of people that were watching it in its first couple of weeks airing, I mean, it had probably around. 30 to 35,000 people that said they were watching it. And then after the whole controversy thing wrapped up with, you know, streaming services in the West dropping it left and right, that's where you saw its viewership just skyrocket because nothing will draw people to a cause like controversy. All press is good press. That's a, that's a good, this is a really good example of all press being good press. If you tell Um, a weeb not to touch it, the weeb will touch it. I think I started watching this like after its second episode or maybe it's third. I know the third episode was like insanely graphic. And that was the point I think that uh, not Crunchyroll um, Funimation was like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So everybody was like screaming about how graphic it was. And here I come in and watch the show. And you know what? There's no dang. There's no schlong. There's no <laughs> testicles. There's no vagine. Nothing. Where are all but the there things? Are, there are titties. That's the only thing. <laughs> this is <laughs> all there is. It's only breasticles. That's all <laughs> the show is. I mean, to be fair, I mean, yes, okay. there were like premium channels in Japan that offered this. Like ATX, I think, is one of the channels it was it was airing on. And ATX is kind of like analogous to something like HBO or Showtime here in the U.S. But it was also airing on what I I, I believe was terrestrial television. Like it was late night, obviously, but it was also on TV. So you can't expect there to be like 
you know, testicles and, and schlongs hanging out everywhere either. What about Game of Thrones, honey? Got schlongs everywhere. That was on HBO. Huh? That was commissioned by HBO. Like, HBO were the producers of it. Wasn't that, like, televised, though? Mm, it was never on terrestrial television, no. Oh, fine. It was only available on HBO. Well, for in in comparison to everyone screaming their lungs out about it, I didn't think it was that graphic. Oh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, more, more graphic than your average anime that aired during the season. Well, yeah, but it's not like anything we haven't seen before. True, which which begs the question. A lot of people were saying that the anime is basically hentai. Do you believe that? No, because there's no vagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, had had they actually shown, like, you know, actual genitalia, it would have been censored, like, because that's the law in Japan. <laughs> okay, but at least, okay, it didn't even show the act, though. It doesn't even show a man on a woman. There is no, there is no instance of this. Or if there is, it's like like quarter of a second. That or there's a lot. There's one thing the anime did a lot of, and it, it it's um, all POV, girl. Well, that or it, it made you use your imagination. Like there's the, there's that episode where um, they go to the the succubus uh, brothel and <laughs> they turn Krim into a jar of mayonnaise. Oh wow! That, that was entertaining. That was funny. No, <laughs> no, that was funny. Fuck you. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people were just saying that this show is basically hentai. I mean, yeah, you can probably find hentai that have has the same kind of stuff in it, but I wouldn't say that this is the same thing. Like, there, there's an actual point behind all this. Like, there's an actual story being told. And, yeah, there's hentai out there that have actual stories in it. But how good are those stories, really? I mean... And how funny are they? Because this show was funny a lot. This show had a lot of good humor in it. Well, first of all, I wouldn't say necessarily that this show has a plot that is relevant anyway. But I do agree that it has some good comedy moments Um, that obviously... Actually, you know, some hentai are pretty funny, too. So that's actually not a good argument. <laughs> well, I think you may be right about that. <laughs> well, this show is clearly intentionally uh, comedic. Um, yes, I mean you can you can say that there are some hentai out there that are hysterical because like unintentionally, yeah, because of like really bad animation or really bad like Sub-titles, dialogue yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at its core, like, hentai is meant to be porn. Like, it's made with the express intent of making something pornographic. Could you get off to interspecies reviewers? But then Maybe. again, what can't you get off to? Wait, is that directed at me or just no, a general question? You, <laughs> you points fingers at the computer towards oh, Alex. Um, the keyboard is pretty sticky. I mean, what? Oh, no. Um... Okay, Alex is not a good baseline to judge whether this is hentai or not. Because everything is hentai to Alex. Um, Maybe. Well, I'm also not a good judge because I'm not interested in women. So I guess we don't have good judges on this cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't buy that argument, though, that it's basically hentai. That I, I think it's a little deeper than that. Um 
I don't think it's graphic enough to be anti, personally. You know, I would, I would, I generally, I would agree with that. I, I would say that if they didn't use a lot of metaphors when they actually had the sex scenes, I would say, yeah, you might actually be right. Like, if they were showing the actual act itself far more often, I would agree that it's basically hentai. But the fact that they don't and they use these analogies and these like really whimsical, um. Analogy. It's the only word I can think of um, to to show Symbols, the act yeah. of sex. Um, also, in hentai, the sex is like the main portion, whereas in interspecies reviewers, the sex was not that prolonged. It was just like, you know, this is the part of the episode where they have sex, and then we move on to the next part of the episode. It's like mm-hmm. it's not like the main. Well, I guess it is the main thing, but it wasn't like super elongated. So I would say, based on what you've said so far, I would assume that you also believe that there was no point in which it went, quote-unquote, too far. No, I would say the the most... Uh, I, I'm trying to pick my adjectives correctly. Okay, let's just say <laughs> the farthest it went, for me personally, was the very first episode. The very f- I think it was one of the first scenes when... Uh, is it Zelda Elf? Yes, Zell, Zell is the elf. When Zell kissed uh, the old woman, I was like, this is way too much for me. I cannot. <laughs> See, I thought that was actually, I thought that was actually a really funny, like, running gag, how, like, elves can sense the life force of people, and he doesn't, he doesn't like elves because they always appear too young for too long. And, like, when they get old, like, they still look young to humans, but they feel old to other elves. I thought that was an interesting... But the reason he likes humans is because they don't live that long. I thought it was a good plot point to make sure that there was, like, a diversity in demand for different types of uh, succubus. Are they all succubus? Yeah. They, they call them succu girls. Oh, okay. Which I thought was really sure. funny. Um, yeah. But that was just a bit, a bit too much for me. <laughs> you ageist bastard. I mean, a grandma on, like, a preteen, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, man. Yeah, this is going on the internet. <laughs> you will be quoted. Um, hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with being interested in MILFs, man. There's nothing wrong with it. That's Although, not a MILF, You bring up that's a, a good point. You bring up the well, okay. You you bring up a good point though. The idea of like diversity. It's one thing like this thing is, is really good at. Like it's a fantasy world that's that's dominated by, I won't say dominated, inhabited by a, a vast multitude of these sentient species. So you never feel like you're gonna run out of of material. Like the idea of them going to different brothels and reviewing the girls, as unique as that is, um, is you know helped along by the fact that there are a bunch of different species in this world for them to actually review. I feel like if it had only been like your common variety um, fantasies archetypes, oh. like, you know, humans, elves, uh, some other kind of beast folk, like lizard men uh-huh. or, you know, cat people, I would have thought that would have gotten really stale really quick if you were just relying on the personalities of different characters of the same species. Yeah, uh, it's definitely creative in all the different subspecies they presented. Um, and honestly, that's that like diversity is one of the reasons I find these kind of shows interesting. Uh, it's kind of similar to Monster Musume, 
um, mm. which mm-hmm. I really liked because they re- went into so much detail into all the logistics of all these different monster women and how they function and how their culture functioned. Um, I felt that they went really far in the creative department in that show. And this show did the same thing, which just makes it entertaining. And like you said, it doesn't get stale. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> it also, I, I like the fact that what they didn't, you know, some of the brothels that they went to and the girls that they saw weren't compatible with some of the other species. They went to the one that was like the, the fire girl, mm-hmm. right? And like the only person that could stand it was Krim because he's an angel mm-hmm. and he can like withstand anything. But like you had Stunk and Zell were like, it's too hot. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Same with the, the small fairies. Mm-hmm. No one could fit. Or at least Krim couldn't fit. I found found funny, you look at the most diminutive, like, twinkish-looking person, you look at Krim, and you're like, nah, too big for me, fam. Yeah, I was... I thought... I didn't find the Krim having a big dick joke funny. I just thought it was kind of... Eh, kind of overdone. Well, I won't say this. It was kind hysterical. Of ju- it was too it juvenile for me. That's the word. That I, I yeah, it is juvenile, but it certainly wasn't expected. <laughs> it's anime. I wouldn't say it's unexpected. I didn't find it unexpected. I just found it like eyes rolling. Okay, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, I I liked Krim. Krim was like this the the character. Oh, I know you like Krim because he's your type. I'm not gonna lie. You're you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I found it funny that Grimm was voiced by the same uh, voice actor who voiced Gabriel and Gabriel dropped Oh my god, that's funny. Two angels. That is that is pretty funny, and they're completely different characters. <laughs> they are completely different characters, but if you think about it, they are both fallen angels in a in a in a very different way. Gabriel because she's just a piece of shit who wants to play video games and just abscond from all of her responsibilities. And Krim is supposed to be like this angel who has sex once and then falls in love with the idea of sex. I guess. Um, we never saw him like go completely ahegao over. Uh, I guess he went ahegao with the hyena, didn't he? Twice. I mean, he could have been worse. I felt like he had more room to become crazed. He was still a little timid yeah. at the end. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it would have been nice to see him, like, maybe further expand a little bit. Um, I mean, that that's pretty much the show, though. The show is just... It's very episodic. It, it's not very serialized. So if, you, if you've missed an episode, it's not like you really missed a whole lot. I mean... Um, which sounds like... Uh, almost like a criticism but it's not it makes the show very easy to follow and that i mean it's it's unique i mean we've never actually seen an anime like i mean we had anime with fantasy settings we've had anime with you know massive cast of of differing species but we've never really had all of this come together like it was in, in interspecies reviewers and it made for a really unique fun watch honestly in my opinion I wouldn't really say it's unique. Like I said, it reminds me of Monster Musume, but um, I guess it's the only one that where they visit brothels. I don't know any other anime where they visit brothels in particular. But I mean, it's no, not. I, I, I think like it's general genre of like 
It's a very similar to a harem anime, but not quite because it's, you know, different. It's a harem anime without the harem. Yeah. So I guess it's <laughs> unique in that way, but I wouldn't say it's like breaking the mold like too uh, drastically. I guess, yeah, with this format, you may be right, but certainly with how raunchy it could be, it, it was sort of mold setting, I would say. It certainly it certainly sets sets a bar for other anime like this going forward, I think. I mean, I'm no etchy aficionado, but I'm sure there's more graphic stuff out there. Oh, yeah, and hentai. No, and TV anime. I think there may be some stuff that's as graphic, but I certainly can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, well... I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Um, it leads me in. So, so overall, what what did you actually think uh, of the show? Like, what kind of a score would you give it? Since we're here to review the reviewers. <laughs> yeah, I found it fun, enjoyable. Um, I didn't find it that noteworthy or memorable, but it was uh, like a good time while I was watching it. So I gave it a 6 out of 10 on Mal, which I, sounds harsh, but... Since it's above 5 out of 10, according to me, I had a good time. So that's, <laughs> that's what I rated. Fair. <laughs> that's, I mean, for you, that's actually a good rating. I mean, according to Mal, that means I thought the show was fine. and It's true. That is what... I mean, most people would not think 6 out of 10 is fine. But uh, Mal does. And I am a strict disciple of Mal and their <laughs> uh, preachings. Okay. Well, I mean, I I definitely enjoyed it. I had a great time watching this. Um, I definitely think the the anime studio did a really good job of of translating the source material into something probably better than the source material was, which to me makes for a great um, a great anime adaptation. Yeah, and it's, that's something John and I have talked about at, at length about what actually makes for a good manga our anime adaptation of a manga, which is something we should actually do on the podcast at some point. He and I should have a discussion on what actually makes a good manga adaptation. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I looked forward to this every single week that it aired. And I just overall had a great time with it. I, I look forward to, to seeing what could come out of this going forward in the anime industry. And I definitely hope this isn't the 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 last or first or however you want to look at it anime of of its kind i certainly hope it's not the last because i really enjoyed it i i gave it a nine out of ten because that's how much i enjoyed it i think and you I, I, enjoyed it more for the meme i i won't i won't lie i did get caught up in the whole meme aspect of it but i don't think that really influenced my overall enjoyment of the show if you say so um but now I, I, I do have. A- I give it. I give. I gave it high. I give it high marks because I do think it's compared to its source material. It's a really good adaptation. Okay, even though you haven't read the source material, <laughs> I haven't really read through it per se. I, I I did read the first two chapters. Okay, completely. I see. Well, that's more than I did. So props <laughs> to you. But I didn't really. I didn't really read anything past that. <laughs> Um, I thumbed th- I thumbed through a couple of, of of panels, you know, past that, but I didn't really read it. So I know you got a strict warning from Mal for rating this a ten before it had ended. Um, <laughs> is that why you did not rate it a ten this time, or has your opinion actually changed? I, I feel I feel I feel like judging on you know the whole controversy with Mal 
resetting its ratings and the whole controversy with that, which we did an entire episode on already, which I definitely hope you check out if you're interested in it. I, I do want to mention it here briefly, but I'm afraid to give this a 10 because of that, but I also think that because I did all of this while that was going on, I, my vote probably doesn't count anymore anyway. <laughs> okay. My votes for anything going forward probably don't count for anything anymore it's anyway. probably for the best. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I have been told I, by many people I have shit taste. And you will be keep being told that. Um, but something you wanted to bring up, and I definitely think there's, these are some good points to bring up, is some of the ethical considerations yeah. that this um, anime does raise. Probably the most important one being how it actually handles the concept of prostitution. Now, I do want to mention that prostitution in Japan, where this is made, is technically illegal. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a comedy, lighthearted kind of slice of life kind of show. And, I mean, the main activity they're doing is prostitution. And, you know, in in real life, prostitution is a very serious uh, topic, you know, like in Japan, it's not legal. In a lot of other countries, it's not legal. Um, It's a very controversial uh, topic ethically and legally and morally and politically and politically um and honestly i thought this show was for the most part a decent portrayal of prostitution because you know they went out of the way to show that the girls were given consent like especially in the bdsm brothel where you know they like you know we're not actually cuffed you know you can um ridicule us we don't mind uh but that also brings up an another issue that um in real life not all prostitution joints are fully consensual you know, a lot of girls are um, I'm not not shepherded. That's not the word I'm looking for. Trafficked. Trafficked. A lot of girls are trafficked. You know, some some women are blackmailed. Some are co- coerced. Some are some are underage. Some are underage. Some are um, you know made to be addicted to drugs and then are you know like pushed into the line of prostitution against what they had initially wanted. It's not as clean and easy and, um, you know, I don't know. It's not as easy and as this show, you know, portrays it. And I can't exactly recommend that the show show or that the anime show the dark side of prostitution because, you know, that's kind of against the... Kind of kill the vibe yeah, of the show. kind of against what the show was going for. Um, but I do want to mention that, you know, that it's a little on the line, like this sort of show can be triggering for people who have had experiences or bad experiences with this kind of, um, topic or this kind of activity. So I'm not entirely sure. Me personally, I was for the most part fine with it, um... But I don't know if it was entirely politically correct, and I'm not entirely sure if it needed to be politically correct. But I thought that that was a question that should be brought up. I don't. Well, I, let me a- answer the second one for the second question you raised first. I don't think it has an obligation to be politically correct. I don't think any form of art has an obligation to be politically correct. Um, 
but you're definitely right when you say that in in the anime it, it almost shows this kind of happy-go-lucky sunshine and rainbows attitude towards prostitution now i'm not saying that that sure there are some prostitutes who do it because they love it and it's what they want to do but that is certainly not you know certainly not every prostitute yeah it's not reminiscent of every single prostitute in the real world Mm-hmm. Surely, the, I mean, yeah, like we mentioned, there's some that do it because they're they're hooked on drugs, because they have money issues, because they can't, like, they're in a situation where they can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think the idea of it being triggering, I think, depends largely on the audience member watching it and their overall attitude towards prostitution. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, because like me personally, I don't have a problem with it like i genuinely believe that prostitution should be legalized and regulated and I, that's this is the the world of interspecies reviewers kind of shows a world where it is legalized and regulated mm-hmm. and probably legalizing and regulating it would be beneficial to sex workers um mm. th- their health and their lifestyles because they can actually like seek government help when they're being abused by their um employers so yeah. uh, i mean like right now if if a, if a prostitute is being abused by whoever is watching over them i hesitate to use the word pimp but you understand what i mean mm-hmm. um they really have no legal recourse because if they go to the to the authorities they're gonna say well how do you know that he's doing this well i'm a prostitute and he's my pimp well who's gonna get arrested there well both of them probably will be but that doesn't help the prostitute mm-hmm. and yeah, for some, this kind of happy-go-lucky version of prostitution may come off as flippant. And it's actually kind of interesting because they do slightly mention this when the witches are talking about the human realm and how uh, terrifying it is that, you know, sexual diseases exist and mm-hmm. how glad they are that, you know, they can just magically make them disappear. Um, so I will give that to the show because, you know, they did mention, you know, there's a huge disparity between, you know, this version of prostitution and the real version. Um, yeah. So I can, I can give them props for like slightly mention it. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I could recommend, but you know, those were the thoughts that this show brought up. I feel like in a world where like magic exists that can keep you from being impregnated and keep you from getting any kind of, you know, disease, sexually transmitted disease, prostitution would be a much more easily readable concept. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense. So that's because those are ma- uh, large uh, problems that the prostitution industry currently has, so... But yeah. you get them I mean, away. which I mean, in places where it is legalized and regulated, these you know people who are prostitutes get regular health checkups, yeah. and they have these clean bills of health that they can show their clients, like, "Hey, I got tested on this date, and I'm clean." Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it, yeah, it didn't show that aspect of it, but it shows a world what it, it shows you what a world where that's legalized and regulated could look like, ideally. Yeah. And so on the topic of prostitution and the ethics around it, um, we talked about how um, the consent of the prostitutes were was very much, um, you know, reinforced. Like we could tell as viewers that all of the succubus they visited 
were consenting to this, um, mm-hmm. which, like I said, was great. Um, but I find it really strange because when there were scenes in the bar with Madri, they would always like harass her sexually and like go against her wishes and like prod her and poke her and like like uh, verbally, not physically, and like basically just just sexually harass her. Even though, you know, the author went out of his way to show consent in prostitution. Apparently there's no consent when you're talking to a woman outside of the prostitution joint. I Yeah, it's I, definitely it's, just it's like a dichotomy almost. And it almost feels like I don't know, because like when you're in the prostitution joint, I feel like the customers are respecting the succubus like i feel like they're very respectful towards the prostitutes but then when you're outside of the joint they're like so disrespectful to like normal women so i don't well, i don't think think about this though in 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 the world that they've kind of portrayed in these brothels there are established rules like you can't you can do this 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 and this you can't do this 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 and this in the wider society and this is kind of true in real life there aren't there aren't readily established rules that are up for everyone to read. I mean, that's why you have people that are like this that and that are like socially awkward because there are no like hard coded rules out there. But if you go to a place like this, there are a hard coded rules. You have to follow them or you get kicked out. I guess. Um, it's, it's just interesting. Cause like, for example, skunk, slunk, whatever. stunk, stunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the one I was thinking of. I'm thinking of the the small man with the purple hair. <laughs> Whatever his name is. The small man with the purple hair. When he was at the BDSM joint, he was like, I, I, are you sure this is okay? Are you sure that I can... Oh, Conchal. Conchal? Conchal. He's, like, uh, he's like asking yeah. permission to um, harass them. And then <laughs> outside, they like don't... They just harass Madri without permission at all. So I'm like, what, what, uh, and this, like, I personally did not enjoy the scenes where they were harassing Madri. Like, I get that they were trying to be funny, but it just felt, it didn't feel right. It felt kind of misogynistic to me. And it kind of felt like they put so much effort into, um, you know, trying to build up the legitimacy of these, of like the customer's of prostitution and the whole prostitution industry but then outside the outside of the industry they're showing like that customers of prostitution are basically asses so (laughs) like there's two just contradictory uh messages that i'm being shown um but yeah those those scenes with meiji were definitely the my least favorite part of the show yeah i i i can understand how a lot of people would probably think that i mean yeah they definitely i I would stop short of calling the entire anime itself misogynistic no i would would, definitely say i wouldn't say that either i was just um i see those specific scenes as misogynistic yeah i mean you can certainly say that that some of the characters maybe um, maybe exhibit some misogynistic traits Mm Yeah, but I I wouldn't call the entire anime misogynistic and yeah i think in those scenes you could say now i it's also kind of important to point out we don't know how long that like the main the core characters mainly uh stunk and zell the 
the main character and the elf boy. They, they seem to have known Majri for quite a long time. It seems to be a place that they frequent and have frequented for a long time. And, you know, when you are friends with someone for a long time, you say stuff that you wouldn't say to other people. Like, that may, to, out, to, to people outside, may seem, you know, racist, sexist, homophobic, misogynistic. But in, in reality, it's just friends busting balls. I mean, from the viewer's perspective, she didn't seem like she was taking the joke well. True, true. I'm just, I'm, I'm putting that out there because you can't look at this all the time and say, oh, how misogynistic, how sexist, how racist, how, you know, whatever. Kind of, there are other factors to put in there, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the, the these scenes or even the anime overall is misogynistic. I would say that the characters do have some misogynistic traits in them, though. Hmm. I would say the scenes where they harassed uh, Meiji were misogynistic, especially since it calls back to, like, you know, a lot of waitresses in bars are, you know, sexually harassed. Um, So it's not great to see that in, you know, this fiction depicting something, like, honestly, it's disgusting that it happens all this time. So I really, I I don't really want to see that. (laughs) To be fair, she does slap them down from time to time. Yeah, they don't stop. Like literally, them. she literally slaps them. I mean, down. does that make it right? Why did they do it in the first place? I mean, the anime. I'm not saying it makes. Pro- I'm not saying uh-huh. it makes it right. It's just funny to see her slap them down. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Like the scenes were done for comedy, um, but the author or the director clearly um, is saying this is okay because, like, you're. O- it's okay to try and do this as long as you know you respect that she says no. Um, that's the kind of message I got. And that's not the message that I wanted because it's not okay to harass women until they say no. You just shouldn't be harassing women at all. Uh, I just well, I, to put a bow on this. Uh-huh. Anyone listening to this, when a woman or anyone for that matter says no, just stop. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Doesn't have to be a woman. It can be a man too. A man can say stop. Just stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have some awareness. Yeah. Um, so, uh, last ethical consideration to talk about, I think, um, is the idea of racial fetishes, because that's kind of brought up uh, multiple times in this anime, and it's something that you see in real life as well, um, and I I think there's a huge distinction to be made, both in the show and in regards to real life, between the idea of a racial fetish and a racial preference. Please, elucidate because i don't know the difference so a a racial fetish a racial fetishist is someone in my mind who will only date someone of a particular race they will only seek you know a sexual encounter of a particular race someone who has a racial preference however is someone who yeah they will they would like to be with someone of a particular race but they don't have to be i don't know if that's a thing but you can have that distinction. <laughs> but these these are both these are both things that exist in real life. Yes, they I, are. And it, and it's something that the anime also kind of delves into. Yes. Uh like clearly the racial distinctions in the anime are fictional and they but like halfway through the anime I was considering that they could be, you know, paralleled to actual racial fetishes, but I wasn't entirely sure if they were like paralleling to racial fetishes or to just like different body types, 
which you know having a fetish for a certain body type is much less like of you know uh prejudiced or hurtful than having a preference for someone's race um or if you know it had no relation to real life and they're just being fantasy do whatever we want um honestly i think all of those three interpretations are perfectly valid i and um i personally didn't find this offensive um as a racial minority myself i didn't find that they were being like i didn't find that it parallel to racial fetishes too uh accurately which was a good thing um but that was definitely something that was there so yeah yeah you can i think you can definitely draw the parallels um and again it's one of those things where you kind of have to make up your own mind about it i mean for me personally i i don't think that people who have racial preferences are necessarily bad people um i think when you take it to the level of a fetish and it's the only thing you look at when you see someone that's where the problem starts because people are much more than just their race i think that a lot of the problem with racial fetishes is that you can be sexually attracted to a physical thing but that doesn't mean that like they're going to be that just because you're sexually attracted to this physical thing there's going to be a whole emotional romantic connection and you know you, yes people who have sexual preferences for one thing can have an emotional romantic relationship with with a whole diverse range of people um, and it doesn't really restrict them just because they have one particular uh, preference. That doesn't really restrict them from having a romantic relationship with someone who is not of that uh, particular, you know, demographic. And yeah, that's my personal take on it. Yeah, in general, I would I would say I pretty much agree with that. Um, obviously, there are there are outliers to that. There are like people of course, who yeah. will only be with people who have of a certain race or a certain body type like you say um and that's that's their problem really <laughs> that's not the problem of the people that they choose to be with yeah that's hard to understand those people but i guess they exist i mean everyone has their preferences when it comes to like looking for romance but i, mean, I will say that getting back to the actual anime it is something that i do believe is paralleled in in interspecies reviewers is this idea of like a racial preference or a racial fetish yes i do think that's that's something you can look at in this um i think it's up to you as a viewer to make up your mind whether the anime does it well or not um i also think it, it probably depends on whether you are a racial minority yourself or not yeah, and I mean, for such a sensitive topic, it doesn't really go out of its way to, um, you know, point it out or mm-hmm. give a context or give like, uh, not a spoiler, not I don't, give a uh, warning or anything or like, you know, contextualize this. Um, yeah. So, you know, they could be seen as handling the issue bluntly. They could be not. It's really, it is up to the viewer. All right. Well, I want to wrap this up with uh, what interspecies reviewers could actually mean going forward. Um, I do want to, we mentioned earlier about uh, how Funimation and a lot of Western anime streaming sites dropped the their you know streaming of this anime around episode three, four, five. Um, 
and I kind of want to ask you, show do you th- who do you think this reflects more poorly upon? Does it reflect poorly upon outlets like Funimation who license anime uh, for streaming because they didn't properly vet what they were actually getting themselves into? Or does it reflect more poorly on the licensors themselves for not being forthcoming, being forthcoming about the content that they were licensing out? Well, obviously, it's the the streamers. Well, I assume it's the streamers. It's the um, onus on the streamers to know what they're licensing. Just don't you don't just buy a product and be like, "Oh, you never told me this," and I'm like, "No, you never asked." Well, why did well, you? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently that is kind of what it is like. Um, it, it's sort of like, and this is. I I feel like this may be a side effect of there being so many different streaming sites out there now in the West for anime. Is that there's a lot of competition to grab up anime, airing anime as fast as you can before another uh, outlet such as like Crunchyroll or whatever can put uh, can grab it up and then pay so much money for it they put an exclusivity stamp on there. Well. If you're looking for to get it fast, you can't complain if it's not the quality you wanted. But I definitely agree that the onus should be upon the actual uh, streaming services themselves to know what they're getting into before they go and blow a bunch of money on it. Because I have to imagine that Funimation, I don't know how much money because I don't think we'll ever find out, but I have to imagine that Funimation probably threw a bunch of money at, uh, at interspecies reviewers, then realizes what they got, and I'm sure that the licensor is not just going to give them back that money. So they just probably blew a bunch of money on something they've now just dropped. Yeah, I mean, I think it was completely unnecessary for Funimation and everyone else to drop this because, like I was saying earlier, I don't think that this is, like, as graphic as everyone makes it out to be. And Mm -hmm. I have a question for you because do you think it was more a problem of it being sexually graphic or more that it was um, the plot was uh, describing you know, sensitive topics like prostitution. I, there's there's a part of me that thinks both, but of course we don't know because Funimation in particular gave some of the most bullshit excuse I've ever heard that it didn't live up to their quote-unquote standards. And I'm wondering, well, what exactly are your standards? What standards did it not live up to? And of course they never elaborated on what that meant. And Funimation is a company that a few years ago licensed an anime called uh valkyrie drive mermaid an anime where you got to see tits just like in this show and it it revolved around a group of like magical girls who in order to transform had to have orgasms yeah and and you got to see that and a lot of people were complaining about how um crim and zell look underage and this could be considered like child pornography um which is bullshit. Well, first of all, we don't really see any scenes. Well, we actually we do see scenes of Krim. But we don't really see any scenes of Zell engaged in sexual content because he's always off screen. Um, yeah. Krim. Much to your dismay. <laughs> Krim, we do. But, I mean, this reminds me of a Crunchyroll show called Super Lovers, which was basically mm-hmm. about an, uh, an adult man grooming a boy to become his sexual partner. Um, and crunch. Now you want to talk about some problematic that shit. That was the most problematic fucking plot line I've seen in my life. And 
the Crunchyroll gladly streamed it to the world. <laughs> the subtitle. Not only no, not only streamed it. That thing had two fucking seasons, and they streamed oh, both honey, of them. Oh, honey, and they subtitled it in all those languages. So like, you can have it, and you can have it, and you can have it. But like, <laughs> but Funimation is like, no, no one can have this. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um. So I I don't think that it's necessarily unique. In its, you know, taboo, quote unquote, um, content. I think there's cer- there's certainly been more raunchy stuff that's been licensed in in its, you know, in 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 its entirety. Yeah, which makes me think that it's more. It's not a problem with interspecies reviewers. I think it's a problem with, I guess, the times because I guess um, advertisers or um, not advertisers. I don't know who funds Funimation. Investors are no longer happy with this content. So I mean, maybe I think there. I I I'd, I'd hesitate to say that there was one like straw that broke the camel's back that that made Funimation do this. And it obviously it wasn't unique to Funimation because there were other Western streaming services that did it too. There were even Japanese TV channels that stopped airing this I thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, they only stopped airing it because Funimation made a whole hullabaloo about it. I'm pretty sure they would maybe. not have dropped it if Funimation did not drop it first. Maybe. I feel like a lot of this was... Uh, was done at the behest of a very small minority that made a lot of noise. That's what I think. I don't know what minority that is. Are you talking about the fans? Some just some some probably just pissed off people who have way too much time on their hands. I guess we don't really have any evidence of that, right? I don't. No, I don't no, think I've and that, see, that, that's that's the most frustrating thing. This. Like if if Funimation just came out and gave us an actual answer, and of course they never will, because they know that whatever answer they give at this point is going to make them look terrible. Um, I would be I would be happy. Like just saying that it doesn't live up to your standards means that you have standards that change with the wind. Yeah, it's that's bullshit because it does live up to your standards. Actually, Funimation, yeah. if you look at your yeah. uh, library. I don't know. It just that that whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way, and and it's not so much that they did it; it's their excuse for why they did it. Because obviously they're they're a private company; they can do whatever they want. I don't care. Just tell us why and be honest about it. Because if you're not honest, we're gonna smell the bullshit and we're gonna trust you even less. I didn't know you still trusted Funimation. I don't. I mean, not after. I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to trust Funimation, not least of which that they insert like fake subtitles into their shows to make political points. But um, that's a, a discussion for a whole nother time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's frustrating as someone who loves anime and who wants to see as much of it available legally to as many people as possible. It is very frustrating. Oh yeah. It was a pain and a half to watch this show. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, so I want to, I want to, end this with the following question um do you think that because there's a lot of sex quote-unquote sex scenes in this in this anime and you and i have also already said that we don't necessarily think it's just hentai so do you think this could actually be the start of some kind of a normalization of of sex scenes in non-hentai adult oriented anime i mean well because it's something that anime has always had a problem with like sex scenes like and there's a reason that there's that whole meme and and joke among anime fans that if you hold hands that means you're married 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Interspecies Reviewers isn't really the best show for this because, you know, the like sex scenes are most. Um, I mean, the biggest problem is in shows that are not etchy, um, mm. in shows that actually have a plot, and then there comes a moment when the two leads should have sex, but they hold hands instead. And that's really the main yeah. problem. Whereas interspecies reviewers is all about sex and there's no real plot. So the, the, we're talking about two completely different things here. Yeah. But, and there's certainly no romance in, in interspecies reviewers. It's just sex. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely sure if um, there is going to be any headway in that department. And also, since interspecies reviewers was so poorly received by uh, Funimation and other streaming sites... I think it's actually a step backward for normalization of sex scenes in anime. That's actually that's a that's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean, I look at I look at something like um, from a few years ago. We had Scum's Wish, and that was a show that uh, that had a yeah romance esque plots in it that did actually handle sex scenes. I thought pretty well. Yep, that's a great example, and it's very rare for an anime to do that. Um, yeah, but I don't think there has been an anime where the focus of the show has been like a completely etchy free plot. And then when the time arrives, when the characters are supposed to have sex, they actually have it. I don't think that there is a show like that. I also think there's maybe there's a, like an inbred uh, or inbred in, in an eight belief in the back of a lot of people's minds. that The second you put a sex scene in an otherwise like serious romance story, it instantly becomes a hentai. I think there's, there are now I'm not saying that people actually believe this, but I think there are anime fans who would actually believe that. Because anime fans are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would mean, know a sex scene in something like just because there's a sex scene in a movie or a TV show doesn't instantly make it porn. I think the same thing can be said of anime. If you have an otherwise adult oriented, serious romance story in an anime that leads to an actual sex scene, then it shouldn't be considered hentai. No, they're just going to consider it hentai for the meme. Probably. I mean, you're, you're right. Anime is, Don't be disappointing. Anime, anime is all don't do about this. the memes. <laughs> well, there certainly were quite a few to go around in interspecies reviewers. Uh, I think that's a good place to end this, unless you have any closing thoughts about uh, the show or what it may mean going forward. Um, not particularly. All right. Well, thank you, Holly, there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out other episodes of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, BitChute, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, show. Stonkins is my new OTP. <laughs> I've seen the fan art. You can't lie to me. You know, one thing we didn't talk about at all? What? That this, the, the OP for Interspecies Reviewers is basically just a rewrite of YMCA. Oh my god, it's true! <laughs> <laughs>